Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I woke up at 5 a.m. Put on my camouflage. Wiped off my 243 and fired up my Dodge. Headed out to my old deer stand back in the pines. Gonna get me a 10-point buck with 11-inch pines. I'm a backwoods boy. Grew up on a dirt road. And we are back on Jim Strader Outdoors for hour number two. If you're just joining the broadcast, we've got Gary Roman, Master Gunsmith at Firearm Service Center here in Louisville, in the studio with us. The numbers to reach us, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. In that regard, let's go to Steve, who's been hanging on with a muzzle-loading question. Hey, Steve, welcome aboard. Hey, but I appreciate you taking my call, and I got a question uh, for Gary, if you would. Yes, sir. Uh, for years, of course, most most guys shoot according to muzzle loading. They shoot, a lot of guys shoot a hundred grain, uh, two pellets, hundred grains of uh, powder. My question is uh, to tame that recoil down, which, as you know, one hundred and fifty grains is very unpleasant to shoot. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> is it viable to possibly put a muzzle brake on a muzzle loader? No, it's not. Uh, uh, I. W- I got, wouldn't think so. You got several reasons for it, um, right? And I, am I, is my mic working? Am I, am I coming through okay? Oh yes, sir. Okay, good. I wasn't getting any back feed off of it, so I just wondered. Um, very simply, muzzle brakes respond to, from pressure, and it's right. something that a black powder gun does not have is pressure. Um, like we think of, you know, a high power rifle is running fifty thousand plus. You know, right. a muzzle loader on a good day may get thirty-two thousand. So the the actual velocity of expanding gases are not there to make it usable with a muzzle brake. No, uh, it's more like a, having a shotgun pressure scenario, and if you're going to get anything beneficial out of a, a shotgun barrel that that's ported or a compensation style system, you have to go four inches behind the choke tube itself to even start your porting. So it has right. adequate, well, adequate air time. I see. Well, there's there's a couple of hundred dollars saved. Uh, Gary, I appreciate it. And Jim, I appreciate your show and uh, love you both. Thank, Thank you, Steve. Sir. Hey, Steve, while appreciate we got you, Gary, there are, however, some really, really good recoil pads that can be yeah, put I mean, on those. You, what you would can, you recommend you, there? You can cushion it, but you can't, you know, a muzzle brake defeats recoil. On the thing, right. a recall pad absorbs recall. So now, now you're back down to putting a recall pad on, basically. I understand. 
Thanks for your info, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. What recall pad would you recommend? There are several good ones. The Packmire Decelerator is excellent. Uh, the Kickies pad, um, the new Limb Saver, which is an air cushion pad, has bubbles in it. Um, all those are, are, are very good pad aspects. I know I see a lot of guys using those limb savers, and they, mm-hmm. they rave about them, so it is one method of making I, it. I have, I have one minor issue to them, uh, and that's the amount of gun movement that you achieve. It's kind of like having a hydraulic reducer on your stock. The, the, the recall on your shoulder is reduced tremendously, but the movement that you pick up in the facial area can be as bad as the, you know, the reduction that you get on your shoulder. I see. Okay. All right. We've got uh, a gentleman I refer to as my intrepid reporter, Jim Dickin, on the line. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Where are you calling us from today? I'm in Flemingsburg. Flemingsburg. That's my old stomping grounds. I was born in Owingsville, which is just a short hop up uh, the highway yep. there. Yep. Seeing a lot of rabbits and quail up here for some reason. I'll be darned. Well, it's the time of year when they're out moving a lot, and obviously yep. rabbits have had a, appear to have had an excellent reproductive effort, which is a little bit uh, surprising to me because of the amount of rainfall we've had. But they, it seems as if yep. they've had good reproduction. Yeah, apparently, and I, I'm seeing the same thing. I, you know, I drive a lot in southern Indiana, sort of Lagoody to Charlestown to Fort Wayne, and I'm seeing a lot of deer running the fields. But I'm also seeing early in the morning a lot of uh, rabbits, and I've I've actually jumped quail on my property and uh, seen them along the roads, some of the smaller roads. I see. And uh, in the area in the area around Charlestown. So it looks like quail are coming back. Well, I, well. I certainly hope so. In areas where they've got real good habitat, they've done well the past couple of years. Gary, have you been seeing them around any of your sunflower fields or stuff like that? Not really. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say because I'd love to, to see them come back. But we've got such predation. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that it's it's until we get a handle on controlling the predators, we're never going to achieve the quail populations that we had 50 years ago. Yeah, yeah, this coyotes are just bad juju on those birds. They they're just hard to contend with. Skunks and raccoons. Yep, nest predators, raccoons especially, uh, take their toll. But what I have seen. And it's the bright spot, I guess, is that folks that have these warm season grasses mm-hmm. and, and have food and mm-hmm. winter type uh, habitat along the borders, like you know, deep honeysuckle, briar thickets, yep. that kind of thing. They they actually are having a resurgence uh, of quail. I've managed several properties where we've got eight, ten coveys, and I mean that's as good as it was in the old days. Mm-hmm. But we've got near perfect habitat too, mm-hmm. so. Jim, any other things you want to comment on here? Well, they are. Uh, I've talked to a couple of the farmers up here uh, near Pleasureville, which is outside of Flemingsburg, and they're reporting a couple of bears up here. I wouldn't be surprised. That's close enough to the to the mountains there, where they're yep. getting thicker and thicker. And of course, those young males go on what I call their walkabout in search of mates and new territory, and that's that's. 
very, very doable, actually. Yeah, it's uh, they're they're saying they've got at least one or two in the area. Uh, they haven't seen any predation on the farms, but they're seeing them off in the distance. They're you know usually half mile, three quarters of a mile, and these are pretty smart farmers. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, I, I appreciate they know that. what they know what they're looking at. I got you. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you checking in with us. All right. Be careful out right. there. When you get over my way. I'll be I'll be seeing you soon. I'm up and down that highway a good bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, I, I I got a gift for you when you get there. All right, all right. I'll give you a shout, partner. All right. All right. We thank you. All right, Gary. Uh, we were talking. Well, let's go to Barry. Who's is Barry on hold here? Yeah. Hey, Barry. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing great, sir. Okay, I've got a. Um, I, I live here in Louisville, and I'm interested in purchasing an air rifle that would be very, very, um, oh, accurate and, and that type of thing. But I, I know they can vary from ranges of a hundred dollars to five hundred dollars. So I was wondering if Gary Roman had any suggestions on uh, a suggestion on that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shooting more than a hundred yards. Well, you're not going to get that much distance out of a standard air rifle. You know, I'm just going to be okay. honest about it. And an air rifle is a 20-yard and under gun. Um, okay. Reason being that with a – in order to achieve the, the high velocities that get advertised about air rifles, they're using aluminum pellets. Now, the aluminum pellet is quite accurate in one thing or another. But it does not carry any sustained energy for any length, uh, a distance. Okay. On the thing. Okay. So realistically, as a pest control gun, and one thing or another, um, yeah, exactly. You're, you're dealing with relatively short distances. Um, the general range that they shoot competition air guns with is basically seven yards, twenty-one feet, uh, and they're extremely accurate at that level. But when you get past, let's say, twenty yards. Uh, you've got too many other factors that come into play, low aerodynamics on the bullet, uh, super lightweight, so any type of atmospheric conditions affect it greatly. Um, the slightest breeze just blows the thing everywhere uh, on the thing, and then your, okay. your your actual energy just is drops out totally. So 20 yards okay. and under is what you're going to deal with. Uh, the gammos are excellent guns. The RWS guns, um, particularly the side cockers, in other words, they're going to be a single shot, side cock loading rather than the barrel brake pattern. Um, okay, I was going to ask about the barrel brake because that, that just didn't seem to me like it could be accurate from time to time. Well, actually, some of the Olympic rifles are, are, are barrel brake structures um, uh. that, that they use in there. But I, I personally prefer the side cockers. And the reason for it is that way there's nothing there contained with the barrel area to move or change its location in coming back into seat. And right. that's one of the main factors. But but go with one of the the better grade guns out there. Gamo's got a lifetime warranty on it. RWS has got a lifetime warranty on it. Um, okay, so, so really there's truly no difference in a $100 gun versus a $500 uh, well, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to get more sophisticated triggers. 
Um, you're going to get something that's going to be tunable as far as accuracy potential on one thing or another in the bigger dollar guns. Um, uh-huh. You know, $150 is going to get you a basic starting weapon that will be good and serviceable um, and have a reasonably long life period to it. Okay. Okay, okay Barry? All right. All right, so we got to go to break here, folks. The numbers to reach us tonight, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine. They're just off the Gene Snyder on Westport Road. They've got a lot of used boats in inventory right now. Business is good. They've sold a lot of boats and taken a lot of boats in trade, everything from pontoons to fishing boats, bass boats, you name it. They've got a whole bunch of them in inventory right now. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. I don't know anyone who loves the outdoors who doesn't have a dream property in the back of their mind. It might be a secluded cabin on a river or stream, a small farm with lakes or ponds teeming with fish, or a wildlife management property with mixed timber and farm ground loaded with deer, turkey, and other wildlife. Paul Thomas and his family at Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty can make all these dreams come true. They've been doing so for 36 years. Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty is located in Munfordville, right in the heart of Central Kentucky's fish and wildlife mecca. They specialize in recreation properties, farms, and lake and riverfront getaways. Make your dreams a reality. Give Paul Thomas at Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty a call at 270-524-1980 or check them on the web M-O-P-H-A-R-T Realty.com. That's M-O-P-H-A-R-T Realty.com. I've got great news for farm pond owners and pay lake operators searching for a steady supply of two to four pound channel catfish for stocking your lakes. Big Cat Live Hall has been in business for more than 20 years, specializing in disease-free channel cats that average two to four pounds. Big Cat Live Hall is your ticket to two to four pound cats at affordable prices. Call Hank Martis at 502-648-8026. That's 648-8026. Hey, we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. The numbers to reach Gary Roman tonight, 571-8484-1-800-444-8484. Let's go to Ed, who's been on hold. Looks like you've got a quail question. Yes, Ed. I didn't have a quail question so much, Jim, as uh, much like you, my, my background is in resource management and habitat management. Started with a company up in Minnesota over 25 years ago. Started implementing uh, practices we did down here in central Kentucky on our farm over in Washington County. Um, we have a tremendous quail population there. And the one reason is not only because we, we, we did the habitat management with the warm season grasses and forbs plots, but we continue to manage it. Um, there's a ton of of great habitat for quail that is in our seed bed here. The problem is the cool season grasses have taken over, and it's amazing what a little bit of fire can do to everybody's habitat out there if they're interested in bolstering both their quail and their turkey populations. Yeah, um, there's yeah, no doubt. And, and that's one thing that I just, you know, it, it seems that, that well, I know this historically we're afraid of fire, but, um, you know, it, it's such a great, great resource and management tool that is so overlooked uh, often because people are just scared that they're going to get away from them. They're a great uh, means. The Kentucky Forestry Department will help you set up a controlled burn, as will the, the, your, uh, 
your wildlands biologist will help too as well. I know uh, Joe, when he was in our area, Joe Lacefield actually came out and helped us get started on that program when we first started it many, many moons ago. But if you're, if you're willing to put in a little bit of time every year and burn those fields and keep that that cool season grass litter underneath so that your your chicks and your poults can can have room to run underneath the uh, understory without having to get uh, chased down so quickly. It uh, gives them a much, much better fighting chance. And, of course, the, we all know the nutritional value that warm season grasses and native prairie give to our wildlife. So I just want to throw that in there uh, when you all were talking about it. Uh, the other thing that, that my background is in is, is in whitetail biology, and, and I, like like you and a couple other callers, have noticed that we have had a really, really prolonged fawning, uh, fawning season. Um, that tells me, as wildlife biologists, one thing, that we don't shoot enough does. Yes. Um, it, it, it's not that the extended rut happens. It's that those does come into heat until they're bred. And, and unfortunately, what we end up seeing is, is younger age, not necessarily the quality of deer. We want breeding those does later in the in the year doing it. Um, I had one that was born in my driveway in front of me on the way home from work the other night. Um, and, you know, she's, she's almost 60 days out of when she should have been born. And uh, that tells me that I'm not doing my job here as a hunter, too, and removing the, the, those does from the population. Yeah, you're spot on with that. It, it is one of the first indicators of a herd that's out of balance. And it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of it in, a, in many areas of the state. Well, Ed, I appreciate your comments. I, as you probably know, I have a company called Wildlife Habitat Solutions, and my partners, yes, uh, uh, Caleb and Shane Butler, raise warm season grasses uh, for a living in addition to operating our wildlife company. And burning is a great big factor uh, in what we do as well. So you're spot on about that. Well- and I, and I recommend also uh, the Federal Forestry Service offers free wildland fighting certification courses uh, periodically throughout the year. If people want to check with them and get your red card certification, you'll learn really quickly that, you know, as long as you understand the conditions and what's going on, it's, it's actually one of the least dangerous things you can do and one of the easiest management practices we can put into place. Yes, and, uh, and it absolutely benefits all our wildlife as well as our habitat all the way around. You bet. You bet. Ed, I appreciate it very much. No problem. You have a great evening. Thanks for the show, Jim. Yes, sir. Great info. Let's go to Denny. He's got a pond question. Yes, Denny. <laughs> What's going on, Jim? It's Beanie Smith. Oh, How Beanie. You, How you doing, buddy? <laughs> uh, been so doggone busy with the baseball team. It's, you know, bad we went down, but I was out there in Omaha with them and had the tour bus. Had the Cardinal bus. Pretty oh, cool. Oh, great. I bet that was fun. Um, well, you know, I'm just in my 39th year doing this stuff. Hey, i got a place down here in Patoka Lake. I've got a five-acre lake and an acre-and-a-half pond. And on the back of the acre-and-a-half pond, I've got some trees growing. Do you suggest I cut those down? Uh, are they on the dam structure itself? Uh, not on the top, on the back. On There's the back. nothing on the top. Everything's off on the back. How tall and big around are they at this point? Well, there's some that's probably... You know, two and a half or three foot around, and you know, sixty foot tall. Gee whiz, I I normally encourage people to, you know, take trees off their damn structures. But if they're that old, um, and you haven't seen problems, I, I'm almost disinclined to tell you to cut them because as yeah. as the roots would decay, uh, you can very well have a, a source of, of leakage. 
by killing yeah. them. So if they're that large yeah. and they're not you know, causing some, problems, I'd say leave it alone. Yeah, there's some small ones growing up, and I'm going to take those off this weekend. And, uh, you know, so I just didn't know if I should take the big ones down. But. I, I'm disinclined to tell you to do that. Being yeah. I just well, think it might I really be better to, it. to leave, it, leave well enough alone, as they say. <laughs> Well, I am. I'm catching uh, quite a few bluegill on top water with my fly rod. So nothing more fun than that. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> All right, Jim. Hey, man. Thanks for what you do. Love your shows. You know, I listen to you every Sunday. I got hands free, and that's why I usually don't call. But I just got down there to the lake and take a few days off and see how many fish I can catch. Fantastic, man. You be careful out there on the road, partner. All right, my friend. See you. Yes, sir. All right, uh, we got about. A minute, a little over a minute here, Gary. Uh, and I want to get into a little more lengthy discussion, if you don't mind, about some of those larger calibers in the air rifles because it's kind of a fascinating thing. A lot of people are pranking around with those, and, and oh, yeah, they're pretty handy to keep around the house for raccoons and what have you, uh, squirrels, yeah. whatever the case may be. If you've got problems with those critters, they're, they're very, very accurate. The gamos are the ones that, uh, are getting so much publicity, I think, mm-hmm. more, on the Outdoor Channel. And yeah, these more advertisement. Shows. Yes, exactly. Uh, but there uh, are several good, oh, yeah. good ones out there. The best thing for I can suggest to anybody is check the warranty. Uh, check the recommendations and warranty on the thing. Because, you know, I'm, there's nobody short of Evansville, Indiana, that services air guns. Okay. And it just doesn't happen. So you have to depend upon the manufacturers to take care of you. Very good. All right, folks, we got to go to break here. This break presented by Mossy Oak Properties, Hart Realty, all kind of vacation, canvas, wildlife management properties, and farms, and they'll also help you with financing. Check them out at M-O-P-H-A-R-T Realty.com. After decades of abusing my teeth by using them to clamp sinkers on fishing line or using them to cut my line when I was in a hurry, Time had taken its toll. I had cracked and chipped several teeth, and it got to the point where I was almost embarrassed to smile. Not a good thing for a guy who's got a lot to smile about. That's where I asked my hunting partner and dentist, Dr. David O'Banion, to step in. As a colonel in the National Guard with tours of duty in Iraq, Egypt, and Central America, Dr. O'Banion has performed dental procedures all over the world. David used his extraordinary dental skills to repair my chipped and broken teeth so they actually look better than ever. Dr. David O'Banion does all types of family dentistry, surgery, and implants. I highly recommend him to help brighten your smile. His office is located in Middletown, a short hop off of Gene Snyder. Give him a call at 245-3707. That's 245-3707. Gunworld, an archery pro shop in Corydon, Indiana, is ready to help you with all of your firearm and archery needs. The new bows from Matthews, Hoyt, Elite, Bowtech, and Bear are in, and their pro staff is eager to help tune and accessorize your equipment. They also carry 10-point Excalibur, PSE, Parker, and Barnett crossbows. They're stocked up with loads of new deer rifles that meet the specs for Indiana's new deer hunting regulations, too. Gunworld and Archery Pro Shop, Highway 62 North and Corydon, across from John Deere. Okay, we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. The numbers tonight, as usual, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Gary, 
During break, we talked a bit further about these air rifles and how advanced uh, some of them are and the way they've really gained a lot of favor here. They've been, as you mentioned, very favorable in Europe. But some of those larger caliber configurations uh, take this thing a whole step further. You want to expound on that? Well, I mean, we've got traditionally we think about air rifles as being 17 caliber or 22 caliber or 5 millimeter. Those are the three common backyard plinking cartridges on the thing. But on today's stage exists some very heavy caliber air guns that are used for lots of different applications, including military, because they're so quiet on the thing. And they go up to all the way to 50 caliber um, out of a compressed air rifle. Now, you think about that, that, that you know, we, we there are a lot of programs where uh, different sports celebrities uh, are using air rifles to kill deer and pigs and one thing or another with, with air guns. Uh, these are normally in the 30 caliber bracket on the thing, but... You know, an air rifle and heavy cartridge capability is nothing new. And this is something we were discussing. Lewis and Clark carried air rifles when they mapped the United States. Uh, it was our main weapon of choice because it would fire rain or shine. Yes. Didn't uh, have to worry about getting powder wet. And it could generate a very rapid fire tech scenario. Uh, and it gained them lots of respect from the Indian tribes uh, when they could sit there and get off five shots in 10 seconds and blow a tree apart at 100 yards. The, the Indians have a great deal of respect for not bothering them. I would say. Yeah, uh, on the thing. But, you know, you know, we've used air guns throughout a long generation of period, and today's air guns are just more and better and uh, heavier caliber and everything else. Um, they're not cheap. Uh, you can buy a good thirty out six deer rifle a lot cheaper than you can buy a heavy caliber air rifle. But it's it's something to think about. Uh, and, and as you were putting, as far as a a prepper gun, something that in case of national disaster should occur, yeah, uh, that that's one of the things you throw in your stash. Well, it, it just occurred to me those pellets are. Uh, Never in short supply, it doesn't seem like. Now, when you get some of the odd stuff, you might be, but that's something that would be functional, it would be quiet, Mm -hmm. and it could be deadly uh, at at close range. What are some of the upper-level calibers that these guns come in? Um, Well, the twenty five is very prevalent. Yeah, that's the one I'm Uh, most That's the one you're most familiar with. But they also come in thirty, three thirty-eight, three seventy-five, forty-five. Really? A lot of vast ones out there. The Lewis and Clark gun that we were talking about is a forty-six caliber. You asked me that earlier, and mm-hmm. I just looked it up. So, um, and it looked like a conventional muzzleloader. It had a hammer on it, a uh, side hammer, but it controlled an air valve. Uh, in in those larger configurations, I get what kind of speeds do they generate. I would think about a thousand foot a second, nine hundred. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would say they're probably running in the actually probably in the six hundred category. Oh, is that right? But but you take a heavy projectile moving at 600 feet per second, 
Well, let's give you a for instance, 45 caliber semi-automatic or 45 long Colt handgun. Uh, you're throwing a 250-gram projectable projection at 850 feet per second. Now, you know, there have been lots of cowboys taken down with that and every kind of animal in existence. So uh, we have succeeded in producing much longer-range weapons, much more powerful weapons than one thing or another, but it doesn't take all of this power in order to be deadly. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's it in a nutshell. Now, most of those uh, configurations you were talking about, they come out of Europe? Yes, they Is that do. correct? Yeah. How would someone search for that? Just go um, to Google? and Yeah, Google and do it for big bore air rifles. Okay. Uh, you have several things come up. Um, Gamo, in fact, makes some 25 and I think 32 caliber uh, in their lineup. Uh, several people have told me they have those rifles and they're superbly accurate. I have a, a, a Gamo and it's, it's okay, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's nowhere near. And so much of it's in the choice of pellets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got such a wide range of projectiles out there. And, you know, most air rifle pellets are made out of pure lead. So that means they're very soft and they get damaged very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, even damaged on loading. And if you damage them, they can't be accurate. Right. Um, the good ones, like the German pellets, actually come individually packed, in which every pellet's got its own little cavity in, in the, 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 the box it comes in. I see. So they, they do everything they can. You know, air guns are a major Olympic sport. Yes. Um, and most people don't realize there's over... Was it 30 different shooting events that go on during the Olympics? Yeah. Um, everything from shooting from skis to uh, on down. And, you know, if you're going to get precision out of an air gun, you have to have precision pellets in order to get it because all the rest of it is just uh, going down a rifle tube. Yes. Okay. It's uh, You were also talking during break about building – a gun that you've got <laughs> One in your of my head. pet projects. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I, you fascinate me because you've built so many different kinds of guns through the years, especially in the African mm-hmm. uh, calibers. So I was curious what, what's tweaking around that, that brain of yours. <laughs> well, it, it's not a, a, a new cartridge. It's a re- very one of the very old standards. Uh, basically, we have families of cartridges. All right. Uh, the 243, for instance, belongs to the 308 family of cartridges. Now, that family consists of 243, 260. <clears throat> there is a uh, 270 Wildcat, 270 by 308. The 708, which is one of the best deer cartridges made on the face of the earth. Um, the 30 being the 308. The next one up is the 338 Federal. The next one above that is an old standard called a 358 Winchester, which is a 308 cartridge with a 35 caliber bullet. Um, it's been used to take everything on the face of the earth, basically. And I want to build one of those in an AR-15 platform. Ooh, that uh, would be a thumper, wouldn't that it? That would be a thumper for Mr. Pig. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that what your primary yep. purpose would be yep. for, for the hog hunting? Uh-huh. Tell folks a little bit about uh, some folks are familiar with this, but it, it's become quite the rage in the southern states is, is this night hog hunting. And well, it's just the, fascinating. The, to the, me. There's lots of things that go on here right now as far as hunting videos that are being produced. The hog hunting aspect of it is number one. It leads whitetail, elk, archery, and everything else as far as the number of, of the amount of information that's coming out and the number of hunting videos that are coming through the scenario. Um, basically, we are have got an overpopulation of feral pigs. And what we mean is these are basically domestic strain pigs that have gone wild from being released or escaping captivity. And the reproductive factor involving with a pig is the only thing that can reproduce faster is a rabbit. Um, and a rabbit doesn't breed under the condition the pig breeds. So, <laughs> right. you know, basically a sow is going to have at least three litters over a two-year period. Each one of them contains at least, let's say, eight animals. You multiply that out. Yeah. And then when the sow lays down and has her first litter, six months later, those pigs are breeding. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a never-ending cycle that, that they can't keep under control. And Europe is just as bad, too. Well, in Europe, they have a, a actually a mixture of feral swine and the true Russian boars. Mm-hmm. And um, I was watching a video the other night that showed a, a hunting scene and, and had – Wild boars passing through a woods area, and there was over four hundred of them. Good grief! I mean, you, you take, I mean, every size, shape imaginable, but over four hundred of them coming through in just one big herd. I'll be there. Um, that's you can imagine the damage it does, uh, either to the ecology itself, uh, being the trees, the streams, um, the, the plant life. With that many pigs on hand, but can you imagine what happens to a farmer's field when this oh, kind yeah. of numbers gets unchecked? Well, and they, they're direct competitors with deer and turkeys for food, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of reason to hunt them. But at any rate, you've done a good bit of that night hunting. Describe yes, that to folks done. who have it. Well, basically, you're going out in the middle of the night, and this is not a trophy hunt. This is a... Uh, Meat hunt. An eradication, right. an eradication hunt. Right. They don't care what size they are or anything else. They want them killed. Uh, they want them removed from the you know, the stream of things that are going on. Um, you're hunting crop fields. And uh, a pig by nature, when you plant seed in the ground, pigs can come right along behind you, stick his nose in that <laughs> row and pick up every piece of corn or soybean, or peanut that's there, uh, and they destroy thousands upon thousands of acres before they even germinate. And they normally let the plants grow. In other words, they don't hit them during the growing period. But then when they mature out, they're back in there again. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a never-ending battle. And basically, you're hunting in the middle of the night on feeding fields, um, are areas where they move through very heavily. You're using thermal locating equipment, and the new thermal scopes 
are capable of spotting a hog at 1,800 yards. Uh, think about that for a while. That's unbelievable. And that's that's you know basically pushing a mile away to be able to spot and locate them. Once you spot, uh, the hog has the best nose in the in the animal world. So you've got to make sure that you come in downwind of them. So you're you're spotting and stalking, and you're in the middle of the night in the dead dark. And uh, you get right in amongst them. Well, I've seen in these videos these guys lighting them up, running, and everything else. What I didn't realize at the time, and what you educated me on, was they're shooting them at pretty close quarters. I mean, they're mm-hmm. sneaking right up on them. And apparently, because it's dark, you know, there's a whole different mode of operation, if you will, than there would be in daylight. I mean, but number one, the, a hog's not quiet. When he's out there rooting around one thing, he's constantly making noise mm-hmm. on the thing. So his hearing becomes, a, unless it's a sharp break of a stick or something, it becomes a non-existent factor. I see. Uh, you, you make sure you're downwind. Wind is the biggest killer. Yes. The, the scent a- aspect of it. But it's nothing to get into them to 20, 25 yards away in, in a big herd. And, and numbers. Yeah, <laughs> lots of numbers. Lots of numbers. Let's go to Mike, who's uh, on hold here. Yes, Mike. Yeah, hey, good evening, gentlemen. Enjoy the show, Jim. Always have for many, many years. Appreciate your uh, conservation awareness and all that you do for the great outdoors. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Hey, I, I, got, I heard you guys talk about boar hunting. I'm getting ready to take a trip. Uh, in the fall, I'm going to Crossville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. on a boar hunt. I've never been on one before, and I, I've got—I'm kind of perplexed as to what type of ammunition or what type of rifle I should take. I've got the uh, the 308, which I know is a stopper, but I also just want to take a good brush at a 3030. And I'm, I'd like to ask your guest: is that a, is that a good round? And what type of grain of bullet should I use, or core lock, or what? What would we recommend? When I go boar hunting over there, because I've heard these things are beasts to really bring down sometimes, and I want your opinion on it. I'll, and I'll hang up the list. And thank you, fellas. Okay, Mike. All right. The first thing I do is make sure you got a good pair of track shoes and that you <laughs> climb a tree real good. Um, Crossroads basically a preserve area on the thing, uh, and don't don't get me wrong about this. It's not you're not going into a pen hunting, at least not one that you can perceive. But being huge acreage is what you're getting at. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, You you can get in some real hairy situations, so you want something that's going to to take the animal down cleanly. One of the biggest mistakes people make when they're hunting pigs is very simple. Their vitals are not located the same place that it's located on a deer. Uh, If you're going to put them down, you shoot them in the neck or in the head, are right in front of the shoulder where you're breaking the spine. Um, a shoulder shot will do the job, but if you shoot them behind the shoulder, you haven't even slowed them down. Mm-hmm. Um, the vitals are underneath the shoulder area. They said very far forward compared to a deer. Um, 3030 is perfectly adequate. I would probably recommend going with uh, the Hornady ammunition in the Levolution. Because uh, most of the time that you're talking about 3030, you're talking about a lever action rifle. Uh, it is a polymer tipped, pointy bullet that's approved for use inside magazine rifles. Uh, it's a very good bullet, it's very solid. It's 140 grains, which gives you plenty of power to be able to take down a, 
uh, a pig cleanly, even a big pig. You know, I'm going to throw something in the mix here because it absolutely devastates him. That, that slug's in a shotgun. Yep. I mean, if you're close quarter hunting, which a lot of that mm-hmm. is down in that mountain country, uh, a good slug gun is <laughs> pretty good insurance be. gets yep. a charge from a pig. I mean, it <laughs> take no prisoner's deal, really. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to throw that in there. We've got to go to break here real quick. Numbers are 571-8484-1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine. They've got lots of used boats in inventory right now. They've done a lot of trades, and they'll sure take care of you. They've got all kinds of equipment to equip your fishing boats. Go see them now. They're ready for you. And remember, you never get soaked at SMI. If your house was on fire... The most precious possession you would save first would undoubtedly be your family pet. Next to family, they're one of the most important parts of our lives, and that's exactly why I trust my pet's health and happiness to Dr. Kurt Oliver and his staff at Linden Animal Clinic. I know firsthand Dr. Oliver's surgical and diagnostic skills are extraordinary, just what you need when your pet's in need. From the time his nurturing staff greets you at the door, you'll know that Linden Animal Clinic is the place to trust with your pets, just like I trust them with mine. Linden Animal Clinic, 1000 Linden Lane, 425-5834, or check them out at lindenanimalclinic.com. This is Gary Roman. Whenever I'm on Jim's show, I get lots of questions like, what shotgun should I buy? What handgun is best for personal protection, or what is the best scope for my rifle? There's only one sure answer. Come see us at Firearms Service Center, the one place to go to solve all your firearms problems. Purchase guns, ammo, holsters, and supplies. Whether it's your first firearm or your next custom-built gun, service or repair, come see us at Firearms Service Center, Bardstown Road, in the Eastland Shopping Center, Louisville, Kentucky, or visit us on the web at firearmservice.com. For personal service, there's only one, Firearm Service Center. All right, folks, we're back here on Jim Strader Outdoors. Just got a few minutes, and we're going to do a wrap on this, Gary. But uh, very quickly, uh, the availability of ammunition. I understand it's healing itself. It's it's Uh, healing very well. What's um, uh, what is the status and which which there, there's really or, no shortages out there of anything at this particular point, and the biggest factor that's involved with it is everybody's calmed down and quit panicking, so the panic buying is not going on, um, and that stimulates into having an adequate supply for everyone. I see. Um, got got a lot of new ammunition manufacturers that have showed up on the market. That's what um, I understand. Which um, ones are note for you? Uh, well, just like I mentioned Gorilla earlier, um, makers of high-grade rifle ammunition. Um, HSM is another one. That's an offshoot of one of the custom rifle manufacturers out west. Uh, but there are a dozen new companies that have shown up in the ammunition market because of the current domestic brands not doing the job of being able to supply 
Anytime you've got a void in the market, somebody's going to step in and fill it. Now, whether they're having a long-term longevity to it, I don't know. But, I mean, we're we're seeing different brands come out all the time. Sig Sauer has gone in the ammunition-producing market. Um, Browning is back in the ammunition market. Uh, I didn't think Browning would ever come back into it, but they have. I see. Well, that's good. All right, tell folks how to find you and, and – uh... All right, this the store is Firearm Service Center. You just heard that guy just talking about in the commercial a while <laughs> yeah. ago. Uh, we're at 4754 Bardstown Road in the Eastland Shopping Center. Come and see me, please. I appreciate your business. And on the web, how do they find you? Firearmservice.com. Very good, sir. Well, I deeply appreciate you coming on. You're so knowledgeable that it's almost mind-boggling at times, but uh, that's a good thing, and, and you Obviously been a valued friend and a, a guy that's helped me a lot with my own personal firearms, so I highly recommend your services. Thank you, sir. All right. We're out of here, everybody. We appreciate it. God bless. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.